Welcome to Streams from the River, the podcast from the River Church RVA with pastor teacher Michael Kraft. I know you'll be blessed by the teaching today, so open your hearts and let's get straight into today's message. Okay, so let me let me ask you a question. I'm going to see if I can do this. Who in here has the most friends? Okay, I mean, don't don't deny it. I know people, and I'm talking about Facebook friends. Okay, so I I know someone who has over three thousand friends. Anyone here have more friends than that? All right. Is, does anybody want to brag about how many friends they have on Facebook? How do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I it's it's a face. How many y'all know what Facebook friends are? Am I talking to the right crowd this morning? Don't tell me you guys don't wa- watch Facebook because I see your stuff. I don't know how because I never look at it, but you know how it goes. But uh, anyhow, there was, there was a, a survey that was done of about 4,000 Facebook users between the ages of 18 and 65. So even some senior people are into Facebook, you know. And the average individual has about 150 friends. That's average. So I don't know where you fit, how it makes you feel. But out of that 150, only about four were dependable friends that you could count on. And if you had some emotional crisis that was going on in your life, you'd have somewhere around 12 or 13 people who would even respond with some level of sympathy. Okay. So what does that tell us about the status of our Facebook friends, right? It doesn't take a whole lot to to maintain a Facebook friendship. As a matter of fact, if you feel like you want out of one of those, you can kind of do it incognito. You don't have to unfriend, you just unfollow. All right? And they'll never know. Okay, that's kind of how Facebook works. All right. Anyhow, so I'm going to be doing a new series this summer, and I'm entitling it Building Healthy Relationships. All right? Because God's called us to have not Facebook relationships but face-to-face relationships, they really make a difference, okay? They really make a difference. So some people ask me the question from time to time, why did God create man? Have you ever wondered about that? I mean, some people have thought, well, maybe God was just lonely. I've heard that. And so he created man. Some people have thought, well, you know, uh, the fallen angels, God created man to take their place. I mean, there's a lot of theories. You know, are we just some sort of toy? I mean, was God just kind of didn't have something to do one day? And he says, you know what? Let's make man in our image, in our likeness, and let's just make this thing. And it's just kind of a toy kind of a deal, you know? I don't think that's kind of why God did it, right? I think God created us for relationship. For relationship. Can you say that? God created you for relationship. Okay, can I hear you? God created you for relationship. Can you tell your neighbor that God created you? Yeah, it's true. And the healthiest relationship 
when God first created man existed when God walked with man through the cool of the day. You know, I like that. So I was walking with God in the cool of the day last evening. All right. I even, I wonder if there's air conditioning in heaven. It gets warm in the heat of the day, right? I think that's why God comes down in the cool of the day and says, hey, I'll walk with you. But it's a relationship. He's called us into a relationship. Jesus came, all right? Jesus came so that we could receive forgiveness of sin, so that we could be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit with one purpose in mind, that he would restore the relationship that he created you and I to have with him from the very beginning, all right? God must have thought enough about this relationship. I'm already lost in my notes. Isn't that crazy? He must have thought enough of this relationship because sin twisted, sin twisted relationship. It affected our relationship because we were created in the image and likeness of God with a love, an agape love that values others so highly that we're willing to sacrifice ourselves for the benefit of others. That's God's love for us. It's the love that we had before the fall. After the fall, we were all born with a sin nature, and guess what? It twisted that love. So now our love doesn't value others. Our love values self. And where we were originally willing to sacrifice ourselves for the benefit of others, guess what we do today? We sacrifice others for the benefit of ourselves. All right? And not for their benefit, but for our own. Anybody say, oh, oh me or amen? It's true, all right? Sin twisted love, and it twisted and affected all of our relationships, all right? So that's why we need to be born again, because we need to become new creations, and we need the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit, all right? God must have thought so highly about our relationship, thought so highly about our relationship that he paid the ultimate price. It says in 1 Peter 1, it says, for you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold, but you were from your empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, talking about Adam and Eve, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. That's the price that was paid so that you and I could be born again, sins forgiven, filled with the Holy Spirit, so that we could enter into relationship with God. It's important. What a price. Aren't you glad God just didn't send a 50 cent piece? I mean, the value of your relationship is determined by the price that was paid to redeem you. How valuable are you if God sent his only begotten son and the price paid for the redeemed relationship was his son? That means your value is the same as Jesus. Need to think about that, all right? And so there should be a difference. There should be something different about Christian relationships, don't you think? If the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart, then it needs to be shed out of our heart into our relationships and into our experiences where it makes a difference. 
All right. Our relationships with one another should have such an impact that other individuals should come to you and come to me and say, what is it about your relationship? What is it about this relationship that you have so much joy? You have so much peace. You have, I I need this. People should be coming to us saying that. But the thing is, is most of us, we get to see the tip of the iceberg, right? We'll be talking about that a little bit. We come to church with our plastic smiles and our plastic faces, right? What's going on underneath the uh, iceberg? Christ, yeah. He's the one that can melt all that ice, right? Make relationships fresh, new, warm, and cuddly all over again. So through the blood of Jesus, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you to make you a new creation so that the way that you and I do relationships has a whole different dimension, a whole nother paradigm to it. Here at the river, relationships are important. At the very heart of our mission, it's to invite and lead people into a growing, spirit-empowered what? Relationship with who? Jesus. A spirit-empowered what? Relationship with who? Jesus. How are we doing that? We're inviting and we're leading people into a spirit impact. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So everything about who we are as the river is about relationship. Our core values, just to let you, I know, how many of you have seen the big sign out here in the hallway? How many of you have actually read it? All right. It's so big that when you go by and usually you're on a mission other than the church mission as you're heading down the hallway. (laughs) And so you're not looking at this big sign. But, you know, as God was developing this vision, I was talking to somebody who said, you know what you need to Bible says, write the vision, make it plain, write it, put it on the walls. And I'm thinking I'm going to write it. I'm going to make it so big. Where can I put it? And the biggest place that I could find was the hallway. And so we've got five foot by seven foot, you know, mission out there, which is kind of hard to. So anyhow, has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It's our mission, our core values. And by the way, we're going to be doing some renovation in the sanctuary here this summer. And that uh, we're going to move that sign to the back wall up here so you can actually see it, read it, put yourself. But our core values are family. It's community. It's the agape love of God. It's celebration and appreciation. It's making each and every moment of every day count for eternity. How many of you know that that only happens in the context of relationships? When I say that these are our core values, I'm not just saying that we wrote them on the wall or on the slide. Listen, everything that we do is being filtered through this. As a member of this church, I am asking you to embrace these core values in your life. And to help one another, help us to live and walk these core values out, right? Okay, our purpose to be a church where people experience the life-transforming power of love in God in their everyday life. How do you do that? It's in the midst of relationships, right? Okay, and so with that in mind, as a church, we are strategically creating environments where you can experience intimacy with God, healthy relationships, with other people and connection 
with our community. Don't you love that? That's what we're about. And that's what we're here to come together, to work, to create, to to build, and to extend into our community, right? So there was a study that was done some time ago. I found this interesting because there's really a correlation between your physical health and human relationships. How many of you know that? Listen to this. A a defining characteristic of human society is that individual lives are intertwined through social relationships. Full social participation is such a fundamental human need that research since the 1990s has found that a lack of connections increases the odds of early death by as much as 50%. We were created for relationship. Listen, people with healthy relationships live longer, happier, and have more fulfilled lives than other people. This was staggering to me. This Individuals who were socially isolated with little to no relationship increased the odds of early mortality by 91%. Man, we are hardwired for relationship. But we're hardwired for a healthy relationship. Can I tell you that if you're in an unhealthy relationship, (laughs) your odds of mortality probably go up to, well, 50 and 91%. God created us for healthy relationship. My mother passed away 20-some years ago at the age of 57. Her sister is still alive today, younger sister. But the environment, the relationship that the environment that I grew up in was not a healthy relationship. All right. There was a lot of abuse and, uh, well, I don't want to go into it. It was just an unhealthy relationship. And my mom went home early. It's important for us to establish healthy relationships. If you're in a relationship, that is unhealthy, man, I am praying. I am believing God. This summer, if you'll stick around, that you're going to experience healing. You're going to experience transformation in your relationships with every person that you know. How many of you would like to see that? Okay. How many of you know it's going to take a little bit more than just laying hands on someone? All right. It's going to be, we're going to have to change the way we think. We're going to have to change the way we speak. We're going, to have to in, we're going to have to come into agreement with what the Word of God says and actually allow the Word to become flesh in our lives, all right? This is possible. This is the mission that I have for this coming uh, summer. So how many of you have friends outside of Facebook Okay. How many of you have friends outside of Facebook and just family or relatives? Okay. Cool. We're doing pretty good. This makes me happy. All right. The average American has less than three meaningful relationships in their life. 
There was a time not too long ago. Listen, I have a lot of relationships. I have a lot of friendships. I consider myself a friend to each and every one of you. But there was a time when it came down to close relationships. I could count on less than one finger. The number of close relationships. I mean, I'm talking about a relationship with someone that you can be transparent with. Someone that you don't have to hold back and gloss things over. A relationship where it's safe to be who you are and you're accepted because, listen, God didn't accept you and I based on our performance. He accepted us based on our value. And based on our value, he deposited something in us that if we'll continue to walk with him, our lives will be transformed. And day by day, little by little, we're we're going to become more like him and we're going to develop healthy relationships. I'm telling you, if you don't have anyone in your life that you can be totally transparent with outside of your spouse, which is important, by the way, But you need to have someone else. If you don't have that, you need to begin looking right now. It's healthy. All right. How many of you have that? Okay. Super. If you don't, don't feel bad. I had to really work on it. Some of it was just, it's the idea of being transparent was just kind of scary to me. I mean, I could, I can listen to your transparency all day long. And be totally accepting. But for me to be transparent, well, my relationship with myself wasn't that good. We're going to spend a whole week talking about that. But it's important to have healthy relationships. Begin the journey, begin to pray and ask God. You and I, it's possible for us to maintain up to five personal, intimate relationships in our lives. Any more, any more than that is probably going to cause the quality of those relationships to be watered down. But it is possible for you and I to maintain up to 150 relationships with people, not Facebook relationships. Face-to-face relationships, okay? And if you don't have any relationships, can I tell you, our river community groups are the ideal place to get started. It's a safe place where you can get together with two, three, four, five, up to maybe 10 people and begin to develop relationships. I remember, and I'm going off course here a little bit, we had our, our first community group with some of our new people out in our welcome center about I don't know, five, six months ago or something like that. I put some pictures down on the floor and I asked everybody to pick a picture and then then tell me how this represents your life. How many of you were there? Okay. That was supposed to take up about a half hour. We made it through that exercise in less than 30 seconds. We went through the entire meeting, everything that I had in about 15 minutes. How many of you are still in that group today? Few of you. How many of you know that dynamic no longer exists? There is a 
depth of transparency. It takes time to get to know one another. You have to kind of go through that awkward stage of recognizing the importance and value of a relationship so that you begin to invest in it, even though it's uncomfortable to start, because at the end of the day, taking that small step, it's one small step for man, one giant leap for your relationships. I'm paraphrasing something. But you get what I'm saying, right? All right. All right. So, interesting, with all of the technology that we have available, and I'm using my own technology, technology was supposed to give us more free time, right? Technology was supposed to enhance our relationships, right? Well, how does that look? Technology has done exactly the opposite. Technology for many has replaced real relationships. And among young people, there are some who do not even see the value of real relationships because of technology, right? This is interesting. You'll like this. Do you want to know what the number one pet peeve of people is? The number one pet peeve of unhappy married people with their partner is that they're on the phone while you're trying to talk. That's the, have you ever, you know, I'm going to go back. Does this look like your family on any level? <laughs> we don't, you don't said it. Did. Yeah. I actually had a picture of a husband and wife actually laying in bed, texting each other. <laughs> but I thought, nah, I'm not going to go there. So we love our relationships. But technology is getting in the way of healthy relationships. There are some restaurants that have a place where you can put your phones. You can put your phones. I'm starting to designate no phone times in my life. Because can I tell you how often I'm in the truck or I'm going someplace and I just look? Not what, I'm not texting. I've got, I've, I've got my phone so positioned in my truck, okay? It's got a prominent place where I can drive and I can do it, and it's just like right there. It's just, like, it's just like your speedometer. You have to watch it, right? Okay, I should strike that from the message this morning. <laughs> Say what? Yeah, and Melanie doesn't know where her phone is half the time. So guess who the technology geek is in our family? <laughs> Right. Number one pet peeve. Okay. She says the number two pet peeve of Kathy is someone that you, that texts you all of the time and you don't respond and they just keep sending them, pick up the phone. Oh, my point is, do you see how technology affects our relationships? I, this has got, I can tell, all I had to do was bring this up in each and every, I can see. Lights going on all over the place. 
right? So so it's true. Listen, technology is supposed to serve us. Don't let it get in the way of personal relationships. Okay, let me move on. Okay, we're rabbit trailing. Okay, I hit a hot button. I want to go on to something else. All right. Probably one of the saddest facts, even beyond technology, is that many people do not even have a healthy relationship with themselves. Okay. Mark 12, 31 says, this is a commandment. The second part, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other greater commandment than that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Guess what? We all love our neighbor as ourselves. The problem is, is that we don't love ourselves. We don't like ourselves. And we love our neighbors. Matter of fact, we love our neighbors probably better than ourselves. Because there are things that you will say to yourself that you will never say to another human being. Is that true? It does. It it does come out sideways. So listen, I, I found this according to psychologists. If you push people away, refuse to talk about deep issues with people in your life, tend to yell and scream when your views are challenged, are better at lobbing insults than you are talking calmly, obsess over perfection in material things, your relationship with yourself is likely the cause. And I'm not asking for a show of hands. Every one of us need to work on our relationship with ourselves. If Jesus loved you, if the Father loved you so much, that he gave his son, paid such a high price. Shouldn't we come into agreement? Shouldn't we come into agreement with the value that he says you have? If Almighty God, the creator of all of the universe, says you are so valuable that I'm willing to spread out my hands so that you have the opportunity to spread out your arms and embrace others. So that when you look in the mirror, you can see Jesus. You see, you see in the mirror the value of a person that Jesus went to the cross for every time you look in the mirror. This isn't in my notes. I just hear the Holy Spirit saying this. When you look in the mirror, I want you to remind yourself you're looking at someone that Jesus went to the cross because he values that life so highly. How many of you will do that, okay? I challenge you. One of these days, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to go, I love you. Then somebody's going to come in and wash the mirror because they're going to think something strange. Anyhow, we're going to spend an entire week talking about our relationship with ourselves, okay? So, Since many people lack healthy relationships, we go through life hurt, suffering, lonely, dealing with depression, anger, warped perspectives, and afraid to be vulnerable with other people. We're afraid that if people really knew who we really are, 
that they would reject us. Shouldn't the love of Jesus make a difference in our life? Shouldn't the love of Jesus make a difference in our relationships? There's a song that I've heard a million times, but I sat down and I read the lyrics, and they're so powerful. It's a song by Casting Crown. It's called Stained Glass Masquerade. How many of you have heard the song? Okay. You've probably never paid any attention to the lyrics because it's an upbeat song, but listen, listen to the lyrics here, okay? Let's see if I can find that. Okay. Is there anyone that fails? Is there anyone that falls? Am I the only one in church today feeling so small? Because when I look around, everybody seems so strong. I know they'll soon discover that I don't belong. So I tuck it all away like everything's okay. If I make them all believe it, maybe I'll believe it too. So with a painted grin, I'll play the part again so everyone will see me the way that I see them. Are we happy plastic people under shiny plastic steeples with walls around our weakness and smiles that hide our pain? But the invitation's open to every heart that's been broken. Maybe then we'll close the curtain on our stained glass masquerade. Is there anyone who's been there? Are there any hands raised? Am I the only one who's traded in the altar for a stage? The performance is convincing, and we know every line by heart. Only when no one is watching can we really fall apart. But would it set me free if I dared to let you see the truth behind the person you imagine me to be? Or would your eyes be opened or would you walk away? Would the love of Jesus be enough to make you stay? It's talking about relationship, right? a good question. If you examine the relationships that you have, is the love of Jesus enough to make you stay? No matter what the state of your relationship is, it can be better. Jesus came to make a way. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He came to set us free. He came to set me free from me. He came to set me free from you. <laughs> he came to set me free so that I could be all that I can be. Because only when I'm healthy with me can I be healthy with you. Thanks for listening to Streams from the River from the River Church RVA in Chester, Virginia. If you've been blessed by the message and would like to connect deeper with the River Church RVA, please visit our website at riverchurchrva.com. Or you can send us an email, share your testimonies, prayer requests, or general correspondence to family at riverchurchrva.com. Again, that's family at riverchurchrva.com. Have a blessed day, and we look forward to being with you again next time right here on Streams from the River.